Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sig Marxism Podcast. I am your host Sam, and this episode, as always, will be edited by Rich. Thank you, Rich. And we've got ourselves quite a doozy of an episode. I've been dreading this. I think that's fair to say. Uh, others have been relishing this, uh, though. To be fair, this is kind of like the whole point of the podcast. What we're about to do today. Before we kind of get further into what the main topic of the episode is going to be, uh, Alex and Danny are joining me today. Uh, let's start with Danny. Danny, you seem to be the most excited and ready to go. Uh, how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, you know, after Boris Yeltsin got elected to uh, British politics, you know. I'm feeling pretty happy. I'm pretty good uh, uh, that a dead man from beyond the grave is bringing the Russian Federation uh, into Britain. I'm happy. It's going to be great. Was, I thought it was going to be Boris Todbringer, you know. He of uh, Kazrak One Eye, uh, Teresa One Eye. At this point, <laughs> I don't even know Teresa who that one, is. Teresa One Eye. Yeah, Danny's not part of the, the Total War uh, Deep Lore in the meme. Oh lore. shit! I I fucked up my meme. I was I was so ready with his Yeltsin meme. I was like, oh yeah, I can talk about alcoholism and uh, standing on top of in the middle of streets, <laughs> on top of tanks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, speaking of standing on top of tanks, the not tanky uh, Alex, how are you doing today? Our residential centrist. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, friends. This is a particularly uh, good episode. Mm, yes, yeah, very intellectual. I think you'll find. Oh, please! I'm I'm so close. Please come on, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, you didn't roll oh, your yeah. you, you didn't roll your R's enough to uh, really to really Greet- get it. Well, the thing is, it's an inconsistent rolling of the R, so it'd be like greetings, friends. It's like friends. you just forget some words. <laughs> Yeah, that he um that he forgets that he's like putting on a bullshit accent because like whenever you watch re- recordings, so we're talking about Arch Warhammer today. Oh, that fuckhead! Uh, that's what uh, we're yeah, talking about. Arch Warhammer and uh, the actual intellectual uh, that we all bow down to in the Warhammer community, the Golden One. Yeah, the Golden One will be a whole other episode, but we're we're gonna shit on uh, Arch Warhammer today. But first, we're just gonna talk about modern politics and the hell world that we live in. Boris Johnson, new prime minister. And, uh, you know, made official with the queen. They made it. They formed a new government, as is the official terminology, I think. And uh, yeah, apparently his cabinet is just going tits up, as they would say. <laughs> well, <laughs> Alex, not tits what? up because there's no tit. There's no women in the cabinet. I don't believe. Is there? Well, actually, well, this is the kind of thing. Um, so the for a conservative government it's a relatively diverse cabinet i think the the ratio of women might have even gone up since um but this is the the, the thing where like boris seems to be in terms of policy shifting and i okay so to put this in context where theresa fucking may was you know the, the this this kind of like uh margaret thatcher 2.0 except much less successful but much cooler uh, by walking onto the stage and dancing. Yeah, yeah, Margaret Thatcher, but she can she can you know bust some moves on stage and look completely mechanical doing it. Like <laughs> she's a method acting person when she does the robot. She not only does the robot, but she like literally behaves and lives as a robot. Margaret um, Thatcher, but she doesn't have the poles boost of the Falkland War. <laughs> yeah, she's less iron and more like copper at best. But um, so yeah, like the 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 Boris Johnson um positioning of his government already like even so with the addendum that he's clearly like going for a hard brexit because a lot of the people that he's put into uh, positions of power are uh, you know supporters of hard brexit though the actual brexit minister hasn't changed there is this kind of clear messaging being sent that they're getting ready for just bouncing out with no plan and fucking up the economy um but on the other hand in terms of policy like more spending in schools and all this sort of thing like He's positioning himself as to the left of Theresa May. And what I'm really fucking worried about is whether idiots will be like, oh, yeah, this is the liberal moderate guy. And and the only thing that's kind of stopping that from, from being like a, a popular point of view 
is that people consider Boris Johnson to be British Trump because he's kind of like he he's bumbling, he behaves like an idiot, he makes like all sorts of gaffes, he he says racist shit every now and then. So the a lot of people don't have well articulated criticisms of Boris Johnson. What he is is he's a literal eaten mess, right? He's privileged piece of shit who's going to privatize everything he can. But like the criticism I see is oh yeah, he's British Trump. And that doesn't necessarily cut through to policy, perhaps, because he is just like a your book standard, uh, like one nation Tory, right? Um, so I don't know. Like we'll we'll see how it goes. Where they're clearly kind of like they've hired Dominic Cummings in, into the the, uh, the inner circle, so they're planning an election. Obviously, uh, we'll see if they go overboard on. Oh yeah, it's just British Trump, and then there'll be this backlash where they'll be like, well. He, in a way, he's to the left of Theresa May, and I'm worried that that might make people think he's progressive in this kind of weird, fucked up way. But yeah, so like, we'll see how it goes. Um, just, I'm glad people are donkey on Johnson now. It's just perhaps worrying that they're not donkey on him for the right reasons. Yeah, I think also just like the idea of comparing everything to Trump, it really gives people ammunition because they're just like, it's Trump derangement syndrome, and they just only care about Trump in this. Because a lot of libs don't want to see the relation between, you know, just this is how it's been for a long time. The mask is just off. You know, it's not really all that much different than how it's been before. Like you like you said, like this is like bog standard conservative stuff. And what Trump, even though he says a lot of crazy shit, he's really not in power. More like Pence has more power than he does. And like Pence just gets whatever he wants, basically. I mean, like Rich McConnell's really in power. I mean, yeah. And well, he's, he's been in power for the past like fucking thirty years, so yeah, like, that's nothing he's new. Been, he's been forever, and we just have to deal with Trump and his idiotic fucking comments. I'll say, prop uh, probably like it seems like he just watches TV all day, and it's probably like Stephen Miller and all those like all the people in the background who are really pushing for like the ICE deportations, but. Trump just likes to say it because it, he gets the big applauses. He gets to feel like a big man, and he gets to say, "Oh, we're going to deport all the brown people," which gets the uh, good old lock them up chance going he's on. like the ultimate clout chaser mm. he's you could say trump is the ultimate influencer the ultimate american influencer really this now, is why we, this is why the dems need to run kylie jenner as their candidate influencer battles and uh, over in the u.s hell world uh well we've got further ice deportations though in some what actual good news uh apparently ice has only gotten about 35 of their 2000 deportations out not including, you know, all the people who are still in the fucking camps. And they had a report like the 16-year-old who just died. Well, there was like also that thing. guy that was in the camps who was an American citizen. And they just put him in there because he was brown. Which is honestly nothing new. I mean, you guys have probably heard this a billion times about like Operation Wetback and that sort of thing, right? Yep. That's the classic one. Yeah, whenever somebody says like this has never happened before, you just gotta you just gotta be like, uh, actually, <laughs> it's, uh, Operation Went Back. <laughs> just the name itself just kind of says it all. Yeah, it's a little self-explanatory. Anyways, uh, so they only got thirty-five of the two thousand because uh, what a lot of people are doing is they're kind of forming uh, human rings around the people that ICE are trying to deport. So basically. And ICE is like unwilling to hurt the white people to get to the brown people because they're because they realize as soon as they start hurting like actual white people, then they're gonna lose all sorts of popularity or might face actual backlash or have consequences and scrutiny for what they're doing. But apparently, a lot of those thirty-five of the two thousand that they've gotten were just like random people that they found in the street, and ICE was just like, "Yeah, fuck it, we'll deport you." So uh, ICE is definitely not the Gestapo in any way, shape, or form. You know, we've got. ICE is just a totally normal immigration uh, branch. You might so. say that they're cooler than the Gestapo. Oh, fuck off. Tied <laughs> <laughs> a hole. Uh, and then we also had uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, uh, the nice pedo billionaire who helps other pedo billionaires get to their uh, prizes or grooms the girls for them to, or boys. Apparently, somebody tried to do a hit job on him, and they did such a terrible job that he's still alive. So that's a fun conspiracy thing. Uh, who do we think put the hit job on uh, Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, wrong answers only. Uh, I think it was actually um, the Rothschild because oh, he's because if if he if he uh, reveals that they're he squeals and they, he says they're the lizard men, it's all going down. QAnon. QAnon, we need Jeffrey Epstein alive so that QAnon can prevail. 
yeah, with Jeffy Epstein basically being Pizzagate, but real. Uh, Alex, who do you think set uh, the the shitty mob hitman to take out Jeffrey Epstein? I mean, like, <laughs> all I can think about this story is I want to just rewatch uh, Brass Eye, the, the the special again. Um, yeah, uh, still as relevant uh, to today as it was back when you know more than a decade. Yeah, actually. I think, yeah, it's now two decades old, uh, but Chris Morris satire has uh, quite well-aged, I guess. Um, so, yeah, maybe the assailant was dressed up as a school. Was dressed up as a school? Yeah, that's a brass eye bit. I'm <laughs> just pilfering yeah. from there, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a great piece of media uh, if you've not seen it. Oh, so now you're so now you're cheat, cheating on Peep Show with brass eyes. Is that the thing now? You know, Peep well, Show gives you all this comedy gold, and now you're like, oh yeah, now brass eye is my uh, new best friend. Well, they're both sort of eye related. I I can only watch things which have some kind of reference, uh, vision, and o- the ocular sense in the title. The um, shield. Uh, <laughs> no comment. Fuck. I broke <laughs> my own rule. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Alex owned. All right, you've been owned on the podcast one too many times. Uh, Moon will now be taking your uh, spot. This is right. cancel culture. Yeah, this is cancel culture in um, action. This is definitely staying. <laughs> oh, this is one hundred percent staying in. It's been a long road, almost fourteen episodes. Now Alex is going to start a rival pod. Okay, all right. Now enough about uh, go clawing at each other's necks. Uh, if you have a guest from. The comments we were making about rolling R's, uh, fake accents, and bullshit. We are talking about probably one of the most famous chuds of the community, which has kind of been the initial goal of this whole podcast entirely, and that would be Arch Warhammer. Uh, it is. He is a despicable member of the community, fair to say. Um, we kind of have a debate whether to co- call him a full outright Nazi. He's certainly alt alt right or alt light. He's certainly right wing and reactionary in his politics, and he certainly doesn't care about representation or any of the such of that. Um, well, it's cer- not that he doesn't. He's not. It's not that he doesn't care. He's viscerally against. Yes. Well, it's because of his own, like, neuroses and this sort of thing. Well, I think the best way to describe him, honestly, is, like, hearing some of his thoughts on, like, gradual change and, like, oh, yeah, you gotta do all this. He's more or less a Straussite in that respect, but he's definitely, if not, like, just full-on Nazi, but a right-wing authoritarian because, you know, he, his views are capitalism good, classical liberalism and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, of course, he doesn't... Uh, one of the things that I have in my notes here is... Uh, he doesn't he read? Talks, well, yeah, he, he doesn't read, but also the idea that classical liberalism is somehow... That feminism is somehow different than classical liberalism when feminism is, in fact, built off of and is a critique of fa- classical liberalism and it's a building block upon it. It's not a rejection of it. He he just doesn't seem to get that because he's like because he doesn't read. He doesn't like actually like look at all this stuff. <laughs> well, and it, it's 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 incredible. But like, so I would definitely call him definitely. Uh, it's hard for for me. Like I I I have a hesitancy of calling people just straight up Nazis a lot of the time because I think like libs use it a lot to just call random people Nazis, and I think that it the term has a very specific verbiage that we need to be careful about and actually look at it and um, you know be look about that in more academic sense than libs. So in the same way as as Sargon, like he's clearly an ally to neo Nazis. Um... But not necessarily one like he will. They 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 love the word uh, disavow. He will disavow like Nazis in general, but he will also stream with the golden one, for instance, who is like. Yeah, I mean, not even not even just stream, but like make videos and uh, work yeah. together with the golden one. I mean, like there's like two of them up there on YouTube. So as um, so that's, that's some interesting points about uh, Arch Warhammer there, Danny. Like definitely talking about his eternal politics and he's not <laughs> shy away from them though he wants of course wants politics outside of his uh warhammer his warhammer his hobby all that kind of stuff you know keep politics out of your my video games it's all that fun stuff but or, I mean, we're saying arch warhammer arch, arch warhammer quite a lot but um alex i think you kind of have the best background knowledge about who or what is arch warhammer before we start dunking on him 
So, yeah, li- little confession, I did actually unironically watch Sir March Warhammer when he was beginning, because he sort of arose as a, almost exactly as a response from the news of uh, Total Warhammer, the, the CA-produced uh, Total War adaptation of, of the, uh, the the Warhammer Fantasy background. And I was kind of hungry for some of that content, so I started to watch some of his videos. They were, you know, like, ponderous, uh, as we'll get to. He's He's not a fun person to listen to, and often wrong. But uh, I was just hungry for that kind of thing. However, over time, it became increasingly clear as he started like having more of these kind of uh, offhanded weird comments here and there. And then there was like a watershed moment where he did an anti-SGW video that became very popular. We'll we'll tackle it later. Um, and has since just gone on to be mask. Uh, out of curiosity, had any of you had any kind of um. Uh, did you know about him before the like the Chud element? Uh, I actually did not. I mean, I've been familiar with Sargon for a while. I actually uh, Sargon. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, like he's very much in the oh, sphere okay. of Sargon and yes. like that sort of thing. Like, I didn't know about Arch specifically, but like Arch is very similar to um, uh, Unsleeved Media in Magic the Gathering community in that sort of anti SJW uh, kind of mindset and all that mostly stems from sargon and he really started that at gamergate and i got kind of pulled into gamergate uh because i mean i as a kid i like i said a lot I, i've talked about this before on the pod i was buoyed a lot as a kid and uh when uh sargon made this thing about you know feminists invading the space and calling people terrible i as someone who felt like i had done everything right in life or at the very least had been like a kind person it felt like an invasion of my personal safe haven a safe space if you will if you want to be annoying but it, it felt like an invasion of that and therefore as something like an enemy and i did not it felt like the same i i i almost internalized it and and thought of it as an us versus them as these these uh outsiders coming in to try to destroy the community whereas after I sort of started reading a lot more and looking at a lot of more stuff, I came to realize that it was more of critique of the community just for the sake of trying to improve it rather than um, coming to in- invade it. And that's really where this mindset comes from. It's an us versus them. They're coming to take our, our stuff. They're coming to take our jobs. That's why he talks to the golden one and talks about replacement and things like that, because they're coming to take our jobs. That's why. But uh i am honestly not too too familiar with him this is like the first time i've watched him and uh probably the last time hopefully the last time i watched him but you know yep uh, i will have to say the same thing um i literally never heard about this douchebag until i found the sigmarxism sub like because i never really was talking about how they're so glad that there's something alternative to arch warhammer i followed in terms of like warhammer personalities like I, I watch video war gaming, you know, tabletop tactics, uh, re-rolling ones, those kind of guys. I never really followed any of like the individual personalities. I was always just kind of in it for battle reports or uh, codex reviews or fun stuff like that. Never really uh, followed any of the lore videos, and that's kind of how Arch really got his start. Is you know, quote unquote lore summaries or lore reviews, lore recaps, even though he's wrong about it ninety percent of the time. Or he's, it's like he's read it so long ago and he just like barely remembers it. And yeah, Arch, if you're hearing this, like you're wrong most of the fucking time and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And anyways, also, lore is mutable. It's lit, It's written by somebody and it can be changed at any fucking point. Lore is not static. Like, it's Games Workshop has changed the shit all the time. So, so fuck off with that. Well, yeah, he always retreats into that argument whenever he just doesn't like something. It's just like, oh, the lore is immutable, but it it doesn't it, it really doesn't matter. He's missing it, it shows the entire point is going over his head. The point of like, um, well, we'll get to that in the in the feminist video, but uh, he misses a lot of stuff, gets a lot of things wrong. Either I think it's not necessarily deliberately. I think that he's just misinformed. I don't know what his education level is, but clearly he's an idiot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I have no qualms gonna... about. I have no qualms about that. As someone who's very fucking stupid, um, he's an idiot. Well, he's a pseudo intellectual, isn't he? Like um... he's like Sargon, exactly. He yeah, thinks yeah. like. But, well, he's modeled himself his entire affect on Sargon. Uh, who and now if you're dumb enough to think, 
Yeah, the fucking accent. Let's talk about the accent for a minute. That that posh presented voice that he does in order to uh, come off as more intelligent than he actually is. Yeah, so he is. He is. So he's Norwegian, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, props like as someone who's bilingual but is fucking rusty with Polish. He's got a very good command of English. That so there we go. That's my one compliment of his out of the way. That's one too many. However, yeah, while his pronunciation skill is clearly there. He has then applied an additional affect, which makes him sound completely ridiculous. Um, like, yeah, j- just rolling his R's inconsistently and without need, uh, because, yeah, it's kind of like a calculated attempt to sound like this dusty old smart boy professor with his big brain giving you all the facts about why women suck. Um, yeah, so, like, <laughs> that's kind of him. Actually, it's not about how women suck, it's about how uh, feminists suck, uh, get on. Yeah, yeah Alex, feminism is a supremacy. Uh, what you really are looking for are, is egalitarian. Ah. Oh, the big brain. Yeah, we're talking about his uh, infamous feminist, quote-unquote, feminist perspective video. Uh, the one where he dissects a particular article. Uh, I'm not going to lead it, it's like an okay article. But it's on the merits. It's like it's. I would say it's okay. Like it's not. It's, an, it's, it's a very. Thing. It's a very milk toast. I mean, it's not like the most like. Uh, in or leftist. Well, it's a very. It's an. He's the person writing it. One of the things Artur Hammer just not did not get to see in that video was he kept talking about all these like little tiny inaccuracies. The person writing it is writing it for an audience that doesn't really ha- have too much oh, connection Warhammer. with Warhammer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to dump th- some things down, and that's fine. But he doesn't understand like the cultural critiques of it, just because he, uh, he, well, he he says, "quote he he scoffs at the idea of gender." Pol- the funniest thing is when, like, two minutes into the video, he's like, "Ah, oh, gender politics in Warhammer, how hilarious!" And then all of a sudden, he goes into like reactionary gender politics for like another ten minutes, and and talking about biology and stuff like that. I will, I w- I will get into that because. I will get into that because he makes some very stupid statements about uh, feminist critiques of biology, which mm. are just wholeheartedly wrong. I have academic sources and everything to, to just say no. But- yeah, that's that's basically the beginning of it. So we're talking like there's a whole lot we could talk about with Arch Warhammer. Um, if you listen, if you listen, to, if you listen to our show and you uh, follow Arch Warhammer or watch his videos, uh, us or him, that's the ultimatum. <laughs> it's like don't live, don't give him views. He sucks. Um, or you, you, know, you don't listen to neither of us. Listen to us, or uh, if you listen to us and you watch Arch Warhammer, um, yeah, you cannot do both at the same time. We do not coexist. He is the antithesis of everything that this podcast stands for. Uh, everything that we're kind of hoping for is leftist. Everything that we're hoping to create in this community. He is the, uh, I don't want to say the Antichrist. Uh, it's kind of giving him too much thing. He's more just like a annoying wet noodle poisoned wet noodle that uh, makes the community so much worse whenever they consume it. Well, he is, he's the Antichrist if Willem Dafoe's cock was a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that's, I know that's body, like, sorry, that was, just, that was less body shaving and more a pun on Antichrist. Uh, yeah. uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, well, no, it's a, because of the Lars von Trier. If you have to explain it, it's not funny. Yeah, I, yeah but uh, I, I was just going to ask, um, you guys were talking about a CA controversy. I don't know if we want to get a little oh, yes. into that. Yes, I yeah. have no idea what this is even about. Yeah, so. yeah. That that was uh, thank you for getting us back on topic before we um, do that. So he's been back in the news because um, t- well, the news, Creative Assembly like internet drama sort of fucking pedantry. Yeah, uh, we normally wouldn't get into this, but uh, basically, uh, Creative Assembly released uh, Total War Three Kingdoms, which is kind of taking place in like a specific era of China. Uh, there's female generals in there. So what the modern community has done is they've made them more sexualized and basically turned them into waifus. Oh, God. Yeah, unironic, just like bimboification, you know, making them hotter. Uh, There's people who say like, oh, some of them are quite tasteful. No, it's like clearly like the purposeful sexualization of female generals because God forbid, you know, a woman exists for not and she doesn't dress in a manner to please like like heterosexual straight men. Like, God forbid that happens. So anyways, uh, one of the kind of community managers or like the faces of the Creative Assembly slash the Total War Reddit, especially, is uh, Creative Assembly Grace. So she made a post where uh, she said that the mods 
were making her uncomfortable, the ones that were kind of like uh, sexualizing the generals. And she says that if this kind of continues, there will be less of a presence uh, from Creative Assembly General. And basically, Arch Warhammer, in his usual pedantic uh, tones, uh, just decided to dunk on them and like shit talk uh, Grace and the uh, Creative Assembly in general. And kind of one of the community man- managers and wheels, uh, as for his uh, final things as he was going to join another position, he called Arch Warhammer a dickhead, which we 100% agree with. <laughs> what a way to go out. There we go. Yeah, that that was how he signed off the Twitch stream, which God bless him. Thing is though, like I and I absolutely agree that this is just another case of being a total dickhead to uh to use Wheels' incredibly accurate and on point phrase. But like, I I do hope this isn't just interpreted by people. Oh yeah, this is this is the the skimpy mods drama. It's like no, Arch is a dickhead because he's a, a crypto fascist. Like he's 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 been a dickhead all all the while. He's and, a classical um, liberalist, but has obviously not read any of John Locke or Adam Smith or like any other like actual philosopher. Well, no, no, but if he listens to this, Danny, he'll say he has, and then he'll and he'll point to he'll probably have a live video where he's going to like show us his library and be like, "Look, the Leviathan. Look, I have day, day nineteen eighty four. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna point to his massive library of books that he hasn't read ninety nine percent of." Uh, but because they're quote unquote classics uh, by you know typical straight white male uh, academics, he's gonna be like, I've read all of these, and it's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and getting into uh, more about reading, and uh, so that now that that CA controversy has been, yeah, that's why he's, he's been back in the news. We've, we've by the got way, they have right. backtracked. Just to let you know, I, I saw a post uh, of of CA disavowing the. Uh, uh, I mean, that's a PA PR move. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't. I, they're they're uh, they're out there to try to make sure that like no one really stirs a pot that much and like yeah, ah, co- it doesn't co- matter. Co- it's the same thing we're talking about last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 don't want to alienate customers even when the customers are dickheads. <laughs> yeah, yep. customers yep. never wrong. It's general capitalism. We can talk about that anyways. Yeah. But just spine, uh, yeah, just spineless companies things. But we are here to talk about Arch Warhammer and what a prick he is. Yeah, I wanted to also say, Arch, if you're also listening to this, you are completely wrong about gender and feminism. So let's get into your video about it. Yeah, so what's the title, guys? Uh, a feminist perspective on Warhammer Watergate. This should be good. Ooh. And um, his commentary wasn't. I was very disappointed. His commentary was uh, not good. But anyway, so he talks about uh, a lot about sexual dimorphism and how uh, feminists don't like to talk about that. Hey, uh... If you're listening to this, uh, here's a paper from 1986 by Joan W. Stott about gender, uh, a gender historical analysis. Um, in addition, gender is used to designate social relations between the sexes. It is explicitly rejects biological explanations such as those that find a common denominator for diverse forms of female subordination and the facts that women have the capacity to give birth and men have greater muscular strength. Instead, gender becomes a way of denoting cultural constructions, the entirety of the social creation of ideas about appropriate roles for women and men. It is a way of referring to the exclusively social origins of the subjective identities of women and men. Gender is, in this definition, a social category imposed on a sexed body. Gender seems to have become a particularly useful word in the, as studies of sex and sexuality have proliferated, for it offers a way of differentiating sexual practice from the social roles assigned to women and men. Although scholars acknowledge the connection between sex and what the sociologists of the family call sex roles these scholars do not assume a simple or direct linkage the use of gender emphasizes an entire system of relationships that may include sex but does not determine by sex or directly determine of sexuality so yes also if you want to read this article for like a feminist uh critique of um just feminism in general it's a good article it's about as old as you so you have no excuse for not reading it uh it should be on jstor uh it might be behind a paywall hopefully it's not so you can fucking read something. Uh, that's all I have to say on that part. Yeah, that was like his first thing. Uh, well, don't forget his uh, overall just dismissal of you know any space rings being trans. Like his just uh, contempt for the very idea of that. Which, yeah, because he's such a fake laughter. Like yeah. the well, fake laughter in this video is unreal. Prolific. 
the the fucking what the Mary the guy who's writing for the Mary Sue makes an obvious joke about you know you can't ask every single model their gender identity and he make mocks that and he's like oh man could you imagine doing that when like he clear that's the fucking joke or he was he was making the joke yourself you can't just repeat the joke and then say day feminism bad no he, he, that's the fucking joke it's the joke right there Guys, you repeated it you, you, you went right it. over your head. You realize if, if Warhammer was like mainstream popular, that this would be like a go to stand up set for reactionary comics. They'd be like, Have you ever noticed that when you ask, uh, when you ask your models that you paint, you guys all paint models, of course, uh, the gender, they don't, say anything. <laughs> they don't tell you. I mean, what's up with that, guys? You noticed that? Anyone? What's the deal with these gender models? But like, he, he hides behind uh, the lore, the, the lore, lore and like fake science. It's really well, stupid. He, because he goes because back and forth on that, doesn't he? The he's fucking like, fake science. I yeah, hate the fake he, science. Within th- 10 seconds, he goes, oh yeah, this goes against the law. And then also, oh yeah, and the law is, is magic and it's all made up and it doesn't matter. And oh, yeah. depending on what he's arguing against, he will just oscillate between these two contradictory states. Well, he, he talks about um, you know sexual dimorphism as if it's the be-all, end-all to feminism and they don't discuss it at all. But like I said, they just discussed it in that article. And like also just... Sexual dim- the whole point, I think Vosh has a really, Vosh, uh, it's, it's, it's Vosh, I'm sorry Vosh, if you're listening to this, please don't hurt me, Bear Daddy. Um, but Vosh has a really good explanation of this, is like sex, or gender does include um, uh, parts of, you know, you know, your body and the sexual dimorphism, but also, why is long hair considered a female trait? Why is uh, that a thing? That also is included in gender. So it's talking about not only biological differences, but also social differences and where that line is. That's what feminism is critiquing. That's what this article was critiquing. And uh, also, it's not just about biological sex because he goes on to say, oh, you know, the orcs, uh, they don't have penises or vaginas, so therefore they can't be male or female. Gender identity does not have to do with sexuality. There is not a direct linkage, as we said before. And the fact that they are presented as warlike and stereotypically male is part of a patriarchal you know, sexism. It, it's the idea of um, the brute. The idea of... Um, you see this a lot even to use a, use a Nordic model, uh, Vikings, uh, to basically criminalize Vikings as these brutes, as these, um, you know, people who just live for war and killing and killing as a very masculine culture when that's not really the case. And uh, also was used uh, extensively to justify slavery because the idea that black women were more masculine and could take more pain was a and could do more work therefore was justifiable in saying that uh they were actually you know they were so different that they're a different species mm, yeah i mean that's opening up a whole other can of work <laughs> opening of race and masculine that sort of stuff but yeah in terms of that like article pointed out that orcs are coded and kind of like they're talking about the gender it's like it's like it doesn't matter what sexual organs that they have it's like they're 100 coded as like masculine uh, male uh, or as rowdy soccer fans, as Alex always likes to p- point out, as the orcs. Yeah, which is like a, hooligans being like a, a toxic masculinity trope, especially when it, this was being made. Um, sure. Um, another thing, so yeah, he kind of falls back on my fake science uh, with the emperor. He's kind of like that, that whole argument where he's like, oh, women can't handle the the th- the things like oh it's because men are like naturally stronger and that women couldn't handle the conversion therapy or some some bullshit these are prepubescent uh, children which are then transformed right so like there's no yeah. difference of, of the host body that is then implanted with various organs that kind of take them beyond human anyway so like yeah it's a chemi- it's a chemical con- okay like even just like arguing we're going to talk about the uh, dan olson's the thermian argument a little bit later but even if you're doing like from malor it's literally just a chemical con- concoction that does not include testosterone and nowhere of any of the fucking lore does it mention testosterone so fuck them and it's organ implants it's just organ implants that's like all call did especially like if we're going with even new lore it's just like to make uh, old lore, new lore. It's just like call just takes, you know, he just takes the primaris gene C and he just shove it in their face. 
That's all it is. Yeah. And, but, and you know, Arch really uh, makes a makes a point to be like, oh man, you can't change the lore because that's you know uh, the cornerstone of it. And it's been around for twenty years. People they change it all the fucking time. It doesn't matter. Uh, like, yeah, this whole I, I, love, idea. I, I love that bit. When he's just like he's like he's like, what are you going to do? He's like, are you going to change the lore that's been around for thirty years? It's like yeah, the lore has never been consistent. They retcon shit all the time. Shit is different between like how tall a space marine is or how tough a space marine is from author to author, from black library book to black library book, codex to codex, edition to edition. It changes all the time. It's kind of like the hallmark of 40K. The whole point of 40K is it's your your dudes. It's you make it. It's also, uh, another thing I wanted to note is that he has a very sexist notion of like war and this idea that it's more masculine and this idea that, well, you know, women's bodies aren't designed to be turned into an Astartes and they aren't designed for war and that sort of thing. But um, one of the things I wanted to get to is this book by uh, Rena Pennington, which is Wings, Women and War, which is about Soviet air women in aviation. Um, on one of her conclusions, she states, based on extensive examination of the sources available, considering mainly primary sources such as the women's memoirs and a variety of men's eyewitness accounts, two preliminary conclusions about combat performance are possible. First, it appears that women's regiments did perform the same type and number of missions as did other regiments is consistent with the way in which other Soviet women in combat roles were assigned, snipers, sappers, tank destroyers, for example. Second, the regiment seems to have performed at least as well as the average male resident. So basically, there's no, like, when you look at uh, actual history and things like that, the sexual dichotomy argument just falls apart because when you're pushed up against a wall, you can fight. And even though he does make a mention, well, you know, what about the sisters of battle? Um, the whole point of that is to say that to have your own segregated division is not real. Separate but equal isn't real. Yeah. Uh, and we we should also specify that, of course, Arch is only talking about cisgender women. Um, like the idea of like trans women existing at all in this universe is basically considered uh, a non-factor. So when we're when we're using the word women, we should specify that we are talking about cis women, because unfortunately in Arch Warhammer's world, uh, trans women, trans men, or intersex or non-binary just doesn't exist in this world because he's a bigoted piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, let's let's add it to the pile of shit he doesn't understand. I mean, very much watching this video, it's uh, Gene understander cults, right? But um, so the the other, I would say that the Sisters of Battle example may be one of the failings of the article in question of the Mary Sue, because I mean, most of it is 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 kind of like it's uh, fine. Yeah, you you mentioned milk toast, but relatively you know obvious in in most of its kind of criticisms. But one of the things it doesn't take into account is uh tokenism inherent to that kind of thing so the yeah the the fact that sisters of battle are like ghettoized as oh yeah this is this is the women faction you got yours um he, he made the 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 author, the um the writer mainly mentioned stuff like oh yeah it's expensive to collect all this blah 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 but really the the problem that lack of um uh, female space marines is just that it, you have an entire a universe which is supposed to be a sandbox for as you you like to say your guys or your your dudes whatever it is but the idea is it is your kind of um space to work in to hold your story and yeah so like the space marines are the vanilla right there's a hundred different variations of them you got fucking viking ones you got vampire ones you got no you know uh westboro baptist church ones i think that's <laughs> there is um yeah, they're in there somewhere yeah, you've got you've got like all the variations, but um, it, and yet the argument made by Chud is, oh yeah, this this one very specific like battle nun kind of archetype, which basically doesn't appear in most stories, is somehow enough and somehow the equal of like yeah, the, like comparing some extra with the uh the the main stars build. I just also wanted to say, reminded me of something when he talks about uh quote-unquote, you know, the females wouldn't make it in the, don't have the same uh, protections that they do here, the female privilege that they have uh, here than they have in the Imperium, and then he uh, gives a hearty laugh, and I wanted to die. I just wanted to say, <laughs> uh, why? Well, female, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Again, read a fucking book. Arch, if you're listening to this, this is the one goddamn thing we want you to do. Read a fucking book. One that actually challenges you. Don't read Harry Potter again. Read some fucking book. <laughs> well, he'll just he'll pick an Iron Rand book, won't he? 
as I was like, would he even read Harry Potter? Because you know the the, the right hate J.K. Rowling because um you know she's the ultimate left wing uh, <laughs> quote, quote quote unquote left wing. Yeah, I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. You, yeah. I'm talking about the life. Corbin's right- greatest supporter, J.K. Yeah. Rowling. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Um, we could shit on her a whole nother episode. Um, so yeah, we have the tokenism in Sisters of Battle, and the other thing to consider is that. The Sisters of Battle aren't the figurehead of Warhammer 40k. If you go into any games workshop, if you go into most friendly local game stores, obviously, you know, people can pull up different things. But, like, in the... I've been to four different official games workshop Warhammer stores. Every single one has that big ultramarine uh, Primaris Marine staring staring at you in the face that says Warhammer 40k at the bottom. Like there's like it's not even remotely comparable in terms of popularity, in terms of media published about them, in terms of just attention and like money devoted to them of a sister of battle to a space marine, let alone like the primary space marines. It's not even remotely close. Out of curiosity, because you know more about 40k stuff, has there ever been like an official starter box, you know, that marks a new edition? Any one of them ever that has had a single female miniature in? Uh, I would have to probably look. I, I'm going to guess yeah. if it did, it would probably have to be uh, without, you know, typing away. Uh, the third edition one, which was Black Templar versus Dark Eldar. Okay, there, maybe that was. There is a chance of a female miniature in them. I obviously don't have the box right in front of me, nor like I'm able to look at the models. But I think that's mostly just Kabbalites and Raiders, though I don't know off the top of my head. That's the probably the biggest chance there is of like an actual female miniature being in a starter set because then after that we go to um battle for mccrag which is just tyranids versus ultramarines and then we have uh, betrayal of black reach or not betrayal of black reach it's assault, assault and black reach which was ultramarines versus orcs uh then we go to the sixth edition one which is um uh actually dark angels with a mix of ravenwing and dark uh deathwing fighting word bearers i want to say it was chaos one way or another definitely no female marines because like all the cultists that were there none of them were female coded in there would have been the only other chance that all the cultists in there are just entirely male coded i mean like you could probably make an argument like oh maybe there is but none of them are female coded miniature wise and then of course seventh edition there wasn't any because seventh edition was a dumpster fire and now eighth edition we have ultramarines versus death guard which is just marine on marine combat and as we know there are no female space marines. Mm. <laughs> sorry for that little bit of lengthy of as I was just racking my brain trying to think of every single yeah, sorry. edition. I well, yeah, that's the thing. Also, is like also Arch um, calling people fake. Fa- you're otherizing people and saying, "Oh well, you don't know the lore, so therefore you can't criticize 40k." Is utterly toothless. And if you try to do that with us, I mean, I know I'm a not. I'm like just getting into this community. And if you are listening to this, like uh, fucking get a better argument, motherfucker, because literally saying someone doesn't understand the lore, but they're making a, 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 um, a criticism of, uh, 40 K as a society, as a cultural phenomenon. They, they're not talking about it from just a lore perspective. The lore, not everyone knows the lore like a fucking Bible. Even you don't. You fuck up all the goddamn time. Don't tell me wrong otherwise. Yeah. Uh, even I know that, and I'm a dumbass when it comes to 40K low, or I'm a newbie here. I'm just getting into this. I'm forcing myself into this. That's why I'm on this pod, uh, because I want to get into it. But yeah, uh, that's not an excuse. If you just sit here and otherize people and then say, oh, they're coming in to try to steal our community. No, motherfucker. People in the, your community also are concerned about these sorts of things. And if you were truly smart, and if you truly wanted to defeat these people in the realm of politics and general discussion, you'd fucking read their books and read what the hell they're saying. This has been known for like 4,000 fucking years. Sun Tzu said that. Sun Tzu said like, um, oh, what was it? You know your your enemy, but not yourself. For every victory gained, you will suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, uh, you will succumb in every battle. That's the thing. You need to know who you're fighting against. If you if you want to fight against someone, know them. That's how you. If you don't do that, you will fuck up. And I'm giving you this advice. I don't know why, because I I don't know. I guess I want a good challenge. I don't know. I guess we all want a good challenge. But you're not giving us one. Come on, step up your game, son. 
Um, Fucking step up. One thing I kind of want to bring up that a talking point that Arch brings up that's a common tactic of right wingers in general is when he 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 criticizes the article because the article kind of starts off with uh, basically I'm going to critique Warhammer 40k but I love Warhammer 40k and he like laughs at that you know with that horrible fake laughter as like something disingenuous that somehow one. The idea that, you know, leftists can't, leftists, feminists, whatever, can't really love the hobby. And two, that you can't love the hobby without criticism. That you, you have to love the hobby and you can't criticize it. Even though they criticize the hobby all the time. Like, God, fucking Age of Sigmar, Jesus Christ. But like this idea that you can't criticize something that you love, which is just totally brain dead. And it's just a, a means of keeping the status quo. Because if you, if you never criticize it, then everything will change, and then it allows the current politics, the politics in power, uh, you know, like white supremacy, patriarchy, uh, racism, all that kind of stuff, to be able to thrive and flourish, that sort of stuff. Which is why centrism is inherently conservative and it inherently helps those already in power. Yeah, it's also, um, like, I also wanted to bring this up, like, I, I like people like H.P. Lovecraft, and I, I, I like Joseph Conrad. And like those writers and stuff, but I don't. I can understand their. I don't have to be like a weirdo uh, racist to understand to like like shadows over Innis mouth. I don't have to be like actually. It's the Italians that are fish people. I don't have to agree with that. So um, to kind of bring up the, we have the thing uh, as we were mentioning, Arch Warhammer switches between from it's all it's all make believe space fantasy and Malor. So we. Uh, Dan Olson has my favorite video. He's a great YouTuber. We've cited him before. Um, Dan Olson slash uh, Foldable Human. Check him out on Twitter, uh, Twitch. Um, he's not sponsoring this post. I just really love his stuff, and you should check him out. He has a video called The Thermian Argument. And basically what the Thermian Argument is, it's arguing something makes sense within the context of the story that exists in without really considering the factor that a human had to write, make, and publish that story, and it had to go through numerous edits, uh, numerous approval, or even if it was just like a singular author's voice, it still went through someone's head to go through it. Yeah, and that it means something, therefore. It's 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 an intention being communicated. It isn't just a world that exists. Right. It, like, yeah. It's not just, um, you know, this isn't the real world. Like, like Warhammer 40k isn't real. Sorry to break to everybody. It's like it's alt it's made and owned by Games Workshop and it can be changed for any reason, literally any fucking reason that they want, to include anything. The lore is mutable. Uh it doesn't matter how many years, uh, how many centuries, you know, like it obviously hasn't been centuries, but you know how long this lore's been going back. Uh it can be changed. And the whole reason of not including it, because based off of real world context, is because they created Space Marines to be male only, because it's to appeal as a male power fantasy and girls aren't allowed like not including like all lore, you know, don't, don't give a shit about that. It's like the only reason space Marines are all male is because it's targeting a specific demographic of kids, probably like 13, the 34 year old who have disposable income and who are interested in that power fantasy. of feeling strong over like the massive hordes or like the, the, the bullies or something like that. And not providing that power fantasy to women. And we should mention actually, yeah, we, we should mention also that the the Mary Sue article uh, mentions the Thermian argument, uh, Dan Olson's vid. Uh, Arch, as because he read through, said claims to have seen it and said it's hogwash. Oh, that was the video he said was hogwash. Yeah, go. yeah, it was the Thermian argument one. Yeah, it's, yeah, just like yeah, probably not though, right? <laughs> that, that's that's my rational approach. He just so offhandedly debate. dismisses things and then go, now that that's been thoroughly debunked, it's just like no, there's no like academic recourse or like consideration or pointing out flaws or anything it's just nah he's wrong because i'm right yeah it's like so lazy man come on give us something to work with motherfucker yeah come it's on. it's refusing to engage with any actual criticism if it, there's any chance it might actually debunk or <laughs> provide an actual argument against them because it's much easier to debate a, a standard a stale article that that the author can't defend or give context to or anything 
Yeah, it's like, but he has no concept of how uh, how actually kind of uh, perceptive and to the extent that he's engaged with arguments are like in this. Oh yeah, thoroughly debunked, so to speak. It, it's kind of like him saying, "Oh yes, I, I wash up very precisely and carefully." And what he's actually done is like chucked a pan into the sink and washing <laughs> up liquid and just walked off and hoped it would wash itself. But that's kind of what his viewers do. They kind of wash it for themselves. They assume that he has thoroughly debunked whoever he's engaging with. When if you actually do the fucking viewing or the reading, that's not really the case. Listen, yeah. Arch Warhammer would probably be a terrible roommate. You know, he he'd leave pans all lying around. Uh, he'd leave his food. Um, he would just like reheat stuff or stuff. And, and like anytime his roommate would say like, um, hey, uh, could you clean the dishes? He's like, I thoroughly cleaned the dishes, uh, sir. <laughs> as you can see reading a book upside down as well. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, I would never want, if I ever become a teacher, I would never want to have him as like a student, like a college level class, because you can just like, just like the, the whole thing that sums him up is, Oh, wait a minute. Did you do the reading? And that's all you have to say about it. Because like, <laughs> that's all you have to say. to <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just like, it's so lazy. It's like, come on, man. He, he just doesn't have a, a con. He, he's, He's the dumb person's idea of a smart person. I've said this about a lot of people, but he is just like, he has a British accent, so automatically he's a hundred, a thousand IQ. Uh, that makes him smart, right? And he says things weirdly. So that makes him double smart. And like rolling your R's, oh, that's, that's triple smart. But like his actual arg arguments just fall apart under the smallest bit of scrutiny. It would actually be kind of interesting to hear him uh, going mask off and doing the slurs and seeing where where he adds. Like he would do the hard R with a, with a rolled R. Like he, rolled he R. would do a hard R. Like no one's ever done the hard R before. <laughs> the the roll. We'd have to make a whole new category of the gamer word. The rolled R gamer word. Um, yeah, Arch Warhammer kind of reminds me of Jesse Eisenberg's character in uh, Noah Baumbach's The uh, Squid versus the Whale. Where Jesse Eisenberg's character, he's um, having this discussion with this girl that he likes, and she's like, "Oh, I just," and he just like spouts off like great works because he's heard his dad say it. He's like, "Oh, uh, Kafka's The Metamorphosis, um, The Castle. Uh, oh, I really love the work of you know um, Hemingway, like The Sun Also Rises, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. I love those." And then, like when the girl he likes actually reads the book, she's like, "I just finished the Metamorphosis. I thought it was great." And like the only thing he has to add about the Metamorphosis because it has he hasn't read them is that oh yeah, it's um it's Kafka esque. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and she's and the girl, she's just like, uh, "Yeah, it is Kafka esque because it was written by Kafka." What do you think of the book? And Jesse Eisenberg's character just has. No fucking idea what to go like from there on out. Uh, you should check out the Squid versus the Whale. It's a great uh, divorce drama. Uh, I guess tr content warning. You know, divorce. Uh, I mean, you should also check out Metamorphosis. It's it's a really interesting story about a person being turned into a beetle, and at the end, he's just having to live with this existential horror of being John Lennon. Look, all, all I had to ask was, does Jesse Eisenberg in this movie uh, resurrect Zod as Doomsday, and then Batman throws a sink at him? No, he does not. Uh, he does. He does try to pass off one of the. Uh, uh, hey, he just try. He does try to pass off uh, Pink Floyd's "Hey You" as his own creation, though, at the at the local school talent show, which is a, a fun little bit. So, anyways, enough about Noah Bombuck. That'll be a Patreon episode. Yeah, no, not really. Um, so, I I'm done talking about Arch Warhammer. I'm sick. Well, there's just not that much there, there to be honest. Like we've kind of rambled a bit. Alex, I'm just more academic than you. I'm just more smarter than you. You don't understand. Smarter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you brought the references. I appreciate that. But, like, engaging at that, this level with him is, is not a waste of time at all, and it was useful to do. But, like, he's just so little in what he has. Like, he's like I don't want to psychoanalyze him because this is, like, a big issue with uh, going overboard that you get with people like Trump. But, like, in his response video to the CA um, thing, he was like, Talking about oh, I, f I find it so wonderful that uh, that I see all these threads about criticizing me on the Total War forum, and everyone's like, "Oh, don't watch him; he's a Nazi," and he's like doing his fake laugh again, <laughs> consciously trying to convince you that he's not triggered, and everyone else is triggered about him. And then he he doesn't care. He it's funny to him. Yeah, he's laughing, guys. He's laughing. Yeah. He's funny. like he's like the Hindenburg meme, but real. I think the only reason he would want female space marines is so they could step on him. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, bringing bringing up kink fetishizing, kink shaming kind of thing. Eh, that's uh, that's gonna be a strikeout, Danny. Ah, oh, well, well, we tried. That's a that's gonna be a strikeout with uh. You're all, all right, Moon, Moon is faith is now replacing both of you uh, on the podcast. Double canceled. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought you were off because you're going on about Noah Baumbach incessantly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be Moon, and that's it. Yeah, it'll be um that. Soon it'll just be rich and uh, empty space. This this will just be kind. Of, this is like a Sean um episode where he like debugs Stefan Molyneux and stuff like that. But except it's like way way dumber, less coherent. But like, there's no facts to back it up though, because because Arts doesn't talk in like actual facts. He's all talking about like fake facts. Like we could literally go pick up a codex and talk about like where. We could just like say nowhere in these fucking books, nowhere in the Black Library. We could comb through the entire Black Library, all the codexes in every edition, and be like, uh, "Where the fuck does it say you know men are able to become space marines and not women?" Like we could literally go through all of that, and he would just probably say like, "Oh, you know, it's just uh, a really obscure one." He would just make some make up some bullshit, or it's a white, it's a hidden in a white dwarf somewhere. It's a developer commentary. Like we could do, we could put in like the work and the into like trying to debunk every single one of these points but the problem is is he's just not worth it he's just not worth the time i mean like maybe it's we've already given him too much time by doing an entire episode on what a dumbass he is yeah kind of i mean but like it was this this is almost the obligatory episode because it's expected he's one of the more well-known uh like chuds in the hobby i mean like sargon obviously is is also well known in that sense but like he's just a leech like Sargon just likes to leech off a of geek culture in general. Yeah, and not everyone necessarily knows that he is a chud. Like they may have just seen a few um, just innocuous but crap episodes of his lore videos and be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll watch some more." Um, yeah, yeah. The, the the main reason we're doing this because like some of his episodes have a million views, which by Warhammer standards is insane. Because like most Warhammer stuff does not get that many views. So like on like the spectrum of like, popularity, he is gotten some videos that are surprisingly popular, like even more popular than some like Emperor Texas speech episodes. It is important to call talk him, uh, call him out and call him a shithead. Uh, maybe we'll do a golden one episode uh, not too long because they seem to frequently collaborate together. Uh, he's a lot he's a lot funnier though. Well, interesting thing about the golden one, he's actually smarter than Arts Warhammer. <laughs> like I was like listening to them talk about politics and I was like, all right, so I thought the golden one was just kind of like this like dumb puppy dog who's just like uh no he's he knows what he's doing at the very least he has like uh some grasp on you know political politi- concepts yeah uh, on political concepts albeit very warped and uh there's all kinds of things you can go into about him but the fact that the golden one like literally like Chad Thun- like the Chad Thundercop from the version versus the Chad meme is smarter than uh arch warhammer says a lot and is more nuanced than arch warhammer says a lot that is fair um final thoughts about arch warhammer other than you know fuck him and don't watch him then after that i think we'll do like a little closing well we'll end on a happier note other than just saying fuck arch warhammer well after uh, your final thoughts uh tell me like what you're working on like nerd wise you know magic the gathering or painting you know talk a little bit about yourselves uh lighten up the mood a bit uh alex let's start with you yeah, I'm getting the hobby paintbrushes out again. Uh, doing a bit, uh, finishing my Underworld's warband of of Zinch, doing them in a little elemental themed. Uh, adding some more work to the Chaos Warriors that I've been working on for months now. That uh, my course has kind of impeded progress. But you're done with courses, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to pare down my shame pile because of uh, having ordered Warcry. Um, so yeah, so, I... <laughs> that's gonna uh, be a so... lot of terrain. Still, sort of in two minds of 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 like schemes for the teams. I know that Cipher Lord's definitely going in my Sinesh army without a doubt, but I've not quite decided what I'm going to do for Iron Golems and Untamed Beasts. You you know how I feel about metallics. Um, we, we've been through this. So the Iron Golems are a non-metallic metallics. Well, I know because I, I, it takes me too long. So I'm I'm going to have to. Gonna have to come up with a solution. Maybe Nurgle, Nurglefy them, because then I could just like chuck a load of washes down on Ed Belcher and make it interesting. <laughs> just dunk them in Akrax. It'll be all better. Yeah, all right. you know. Sure. How about how about you, Danny? Yeah, Danny. Fi- Danny, final thoughts on Arch Warhammer, and uh, what are you up to? 
Well, I actually have an offer for Arch Warhammer. Uh, you know, Please don't once... debate him. Please don't oh, no. debate him. No, no, I'm saying that uh, Arch, you know, if you want to read a book, I will pay shipping and handling, and I will give you an academic book on feminism. Uh, not too long. I mean, uh, once I get a job, I'm kind of out of money right now, but I will offer to give you a book on feminism, on actual theory, to fucking read if you accept. And you're not going to accept. You're going to be like, oh, feminism's hogwash. And you're just going to, that's why you're going to fail. So the offer's there. If you want it, free book. Okay. And what are you up to, Danny? What, what are you working on? What are you I'm doing? actually, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm waiting to go back to school so I can get a job on campus. But um, I want to get, I'm thinking about getting Warcry because it seems pretty, it's uh, sort of like a starter thing. Because I was talking, like, um, I think I said last week I was talking to uh, one of my, uh, the owner of, of my local game store that plays Magic. Um so he said that was a good, that was a good idea, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get into it, and uh, I think that's a that's a good start. I got some ideas for models and stuff like that, so I'm happy with that. But also, uh, in Magic: The Gathering uh, news, my actually my little cousin is coming to town, so I'm going to take him out to play Magic, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. That's adorable. All right. Um, final thoughts on Arch Warhammer is that he just follows the typical. Um, right-wing arguments that are kind of all covered by innuendo studios like you could probably like just the feminist perspective one you could like pull up every single innuendo studio video and be like oh yeah he uses this argument yeah uh, never defends uh, always on the attack failing to understand their own concepts he's not even he's not even good for just lore he's not even good for you know just a quote-unquote fun and try to ignore the politics you can't the politics and arch are intertwined um so don't check them out and that's all I have to really say about him. I really don't want to talk about Arch Warhammer again, um, ever, except for like when we do a, a, the Golden One episode, he'll be brought up um, just, you know, consequently. And that's all I have to say about him. Uh, I actually tried a demo of Warcry. Uh, I went to my local game store and I, I, I did a demo. I played uh, the Iron Golems versus the Untamed Beasts. And like, boy, I look at those data cards. Boy, are they taking a lot of shit from War Machine. Holy shit. <laughs> it's, it's kind of uh, funny. Like, I was looking at those. I was like, oh, this kind of looks like War Machine cards. And it's like, oh, it is War Machine cards. Um, because, like, War Machine is another tabletop game. It's like another skirmish base where you have uh, Steampunk World. There's War Machine or Hordes, or War Hordes, as it's affectionately called, uh, where they basically fight each other. You have, like, a war, a war caster as your HQ, kind of leading them all. Anyways, so it's basically very simplified, very dumbed down scum, uh, skirmish combat. And I gotta say, from my, I'd say like about half an hour of playing Warcry, um, now, not to kind of like die the hype down and like I know I make, obviously make a lot of jokes and riff with Alex about like, ho ho, Age of Sigmar, but no, I like Age of Sigmar. Like, I have Iron Jaws that I paint up and stuff. Like, I, I enjoy Age of Sigmar, so please don't take any of that seriously. I like Warhammer 40k better, but Age of Sigmar, it's a good game. It's fun. But with Warcry, um, it's one of the things where I played it, and I actively got less excited after playing it. Mm. So um, okay. maybe maybe that was just my experience. Um, uh, like The activation part does feel very tactical. It feels very cool. And like the models are obviously great. The terrain is great. Um, I feel like movement is the most tactical part, but... It does feel like maybe it's just because of the way the Untamed Beasts and the Iron Golds play. Maybe if other Warcry bands get added, it'll play differently. But it does feel like once you kind of get locked into melee, it just becomes throwing dice at each other. And it feels really just who rolled dice better at that point. So uh, that was a little disappointing by me. Um, I'm happy to be proven wrong. You know, maybe, uh, maybe, I, maybe the Iron Golds just weren't my play style. Maybe I'd be interested in a different warband. Uh, I'll have to wait until it comes out in August. Um, right now, what I'm working on, I'm going to paint up a Lehman Rust, actually, as soon as I log off of this. Hell um, yeah. Actually get stuff painted. I paint up guard. I got them base and everything. I even paid for uh, one of uh, GW's exorbitantly expensive uh, basing materials, um, a ghrelin dust. And yeah, the guard are coming along uh, slowly but surely. So 
nice and excited about that. And on a nice uh, calm note. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, hopefully, you know, you learned something new and you know somebody, a certain someone to avoid. Um, this You can always check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we also have our website, sigmarxism.com. If you have any emails you would like to send to us, send them to podcast at sigmarxism.com. Feel free to join the Sig Marxism subreddit. And then you can message one of the mods and uh, join the Discord. So have a nice little discussion with all of us and enjoy talking about leftist theory and Warhammer. This is Sam. Uh, and as always, Nationalize Games Workshop. Nationalize Games Workshop. Nationalize Game Workshop and give us female space work. about genetics.